you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting live from H-E-A-V. Oh, my goodness. There are thousands of people at the convention, not, <laughs> not in this, not this room. room. No, because, yeah. you know, there's, there's already one brother in this room who was like, yeah, I don't listen to your show. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, that Abraham Hamilton, though. But, but, yeah. I don't think <laughs> Sandy Rios, you know. <laughs> anyway, it's it's always great. The Lord um, uses the body of Christ to, you know, keep you humble. So um, thank you so much for listening. This is our uh, last broadcast of, from the homeschooling conventions. We've been to several this year, mm-hmm. and we've had the opportunity to broadcast from each of them. Yeah. And as we did yesterday, and today is the first time we've done it in front of a live studio audience at a homeschooling convention. So a lot of fun, and we're really, really excited about that. Our guest today in the segment is supposed to be Steve Demi. He's not here. He's doing math. Okay, well, I just, I don't want to be petty here, but I did learn to tell time through the Matthew C. curriculum. (laughs) Hopefully Steve, like our brother here, doesn't listen to the show, so he won't know about that joke. Um, But when he gets here, we'll get him, we'll get him seated and we'll just start, um, we'll start the interview and talking about what he's doing with building faith families and, um, of course, the Matthew C. curriculum. What I want to do to start the program, though, because Steve is not here, is I want to kind of toggle back to something that we did this afternoon and Mm. for our studio audience here we had a luncheon with leaders in the homeschooling community and it was really a blessing to be a part of that and to we had the opportunity to encourage them in their roles as leaders and so I want to talk around that just a little bit because you shared something that I thought was so important when we talk about the influence of leaders and especially as we see the landscape of homeschooling shifting and changing in America right and Mm. I have often made jokes that, you know, no longer is it weird for people to homeschool. It's just another <laughs> option uh, as far as our educational options go. But we are called as Christians to maintain our distinction. Yes. So we're talking to these leaders in the homeschooling community. And uh, there are several things that we reminded them and encouraged them. And I, I wanted you to kind of like yeah. run a highlighter over some of the things you were talking about. Well, definitely. We know that leadership is servanthood. And I, I just really want to press the point of humility and also submission to authority. Yeah. And I, what I talked about was how Moses was mentioned as being the meekest man on earth. And it was in the context of his sister and his brother uh, complaining about him and saying, well, God speaks to us as well. So, you know, what's up with this Moses, you know, and uh, in that in numbers, when you come across that account, you see that Moses didn't try to defend himself. It was God that was defending him. Everything that was said was God saying it and how God, when we allow him to fight our battles, he do he, he does so. Amen. You know, and 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 then the second example I use was from David uh, and his uh, <laughs> in the situation with Saul and how God through that situation, he showed submission to authority and how David was able to translate that for his men, his mighty men. 
you know, who were ready to get rid of Saul mm-hmm. and had opportunities to do so, but because of the recognition of authority, didn't do it. Yeah. You know, this is a great way, talking about leadership, for us to transition into talking about families. You can come a little bit closer, Steve. <laughs> Steve, you, you've run. You can't. Is it the leg of the chair? No, it's okay. I'm sorry. We don't want to break. <laughs> We don't want to break Steve Demi because <laughs> there's a lot of math still left to, to be learned here. I was giving you a hard time because uh, in the Matthew C. curriculum, you do learn about telling time. And, Steve, uh, did you run over here? I just, I just wanted to, for the record, I wanted I to just... I humbly repent. No, and it's, it's okay. <laughs> I think you just wanted to test our prayer life. Do they really have a connection to the Lord? Because we pray that you would join us. No, I'm kidding. Steve, thank you so much for joining. It really does seem like, and I know that at homeschooling conventions, we're usually one workshop to the next, and there's a lot going oh, yeah. on, and then you've got to eat and things like that, and then, you know, pray. It was the eat and things like that that I was doing. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to see the rest of my hamburger? Can I? Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I allow, hamburger you I see. Allow that because I <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Steve, Demi, let me oh, just say man. this. You are probably, and I hope that this is a compliment to you, but you are legendary in the homeschooling community, and there's so many families that have been blessed through. That means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I mean, you know, but I, I think legend is cooler. Like okay, if you say you're, cool. you know what I mean? Like you've. People recognize you, Steve, like they know you. Our kids feel like you're their teacher sometimes, right? Like it's like, hey, look, it's our math guy, right? (laughs) Um, But there's something else, and so I wanna talk about math and and what you're doing there, but there's something else that you're doing here recently that we've had the opportunity to talk with you about before, and boy, did it bless us. Mm. Um, This moving in the vein of encouraging and equipping families, and this, this idea that is a biblical one that the family is at the core of God's like plan for advancing the gospel, Amen. right? It starts first in our families. That's where, as Will the Great often says, it's the on-ramp for the gospel. And I think that you've kind of picked up on this and you're saying we've got to build faith families. Amen. Yeah, let's talk about that. If you had asked me 30 years ago, what's your vision for family? I would have probably quoted something I shouldn't say trite, but something that you would find in a plaque at a Christian bookstore where each lives for Christ and all live for each other. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, I had a radical change in my life when we decided to have a family-owned business instead of my baby. Mm. And I didn't realize how much baggage I had and how connected I was to my uh, business or my speaking as my source of identity. And I didn't realize that it was hurting my family. Yeah. So that year, God took me through some really dark paths, some really deep waters, but he brought me out in a really good place, and I finally get the gospel in a whole new way. I felt like I was born again again. Wow. Is that okay wow. with your yeah, theology? Sure. I, I okay. Mean. So <laughs> because... The verse that God got me was John 15, 9, where he says to his disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Mm. And I've never seen that verse so clearly. It was like it was all caps and bold. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I went, are you kidding? You mean you love me as much as your dad loves you? And then I started thinking, where... Where's a really good image of the father and the son, their relationship? And then he took me to his baptism. Hmm. So he comes out of the water, 
and God gives them, first of all, a great gift. The Spirit comes upon him. Mm -hmm. And then he tells them three things in one sentence which prepares him for his whole life ministry. Because when you think about it, he hadn't done anything yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was about to be tempted of the devil, which I don't think they had chapters back in those days, but this is the end of the third chapter, beginning of the fourth. <laughs> sure. Chapter four starts, and then the Spirit led him into That's the right. wilderness. That's okay, right. but here's the three things that the father said to his boy. You want the Mickey version or the Steve version or the <laughs> New King James? Okay, so here's what, you all know what it says. This is my beloved son, whom I have Okay, here's what he's really telling you. He says, this is my kid. He's a part of my family. I love him to pieces. And every time I see him, he makes me smile. Hmm. And I didn't have that relationship with God. I really didn't think that I made him smile. I didn't think that he was happy that I was his kid. I hate to tell you that, but I lived for 30 some years trying to please God, hmm. trying to win his approval. And I got it that day. Hmm. I, somehow I got it that if, John 15, 9 is true, then because of what Jesus has done for me and you and us, then now the father looks at me and says, this is Steve. This is my kid. Yeah. I love him to pieces, and I'm so glad he's a part of my family. And every time he comes close to me, I smile. Steve, let's stay there for just a second, and I'm going to have you put those headphones on. That way you can hear what's going on at Command Central as well. But I want to stay here for a second because <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think that there are so many followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who may be in the position that you were in, but are not really able to recognize it. Like there's a part of our walk with the Lord, especially if you've grown up in church and you, you're rearing your children, there, there's an aspect of that that can become very performance driven, that we feel like the Lord loves me because I'm doing these things. And we don't say it. But if we're honest and we're introspective, we feel that. We feel I am I'm justified because I'm doing these things, right? Okay. That's a really good question. I can see why you have a radio show. Because, <laughs> no, no, it was, I couldn't have seen this. It was my wife. Because when we were going through this family business transition thing, it was not about the business. It was about my baggage. Mm. And she finally said to me, Steve, we need to talk. And we sat down at the table, and she said to me, first she prefaced it with all kinds of positive junk, which I'd like to hear again sometime. But anyway, she said, you can't do enough to please God, and you're hurting our family. Oh, wow. It took a lot of courage. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm thinking as a wife. Yeah. But yeah. she knows me. Yeah. And she loves me. And yet she put her finger right on my spiritual pulse. And I didn't see it until that moment. Mm. I was feeling it, but she articulated it for me. And I didn't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the tools that I have now. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get help. And uh, that's what led to that really hard year. So I want to fast forward here I, because I know in the next segment we've got another guest coming on. But I, I really want to... Um, make a shift, and it may not be a super, I was going to say supernatural, but not supernatural, <laughs> like really natural shift, okay? may not be a really natural shift, um, but I want to talk about how the Lord brings you to this place where building the family, so out of this revelation and out of this, you know, handing the business off to your sons and, and taking a step back, how this renewed focus 
on the family has come to be. Okay, so I had the little trite thing, right? Each lives for the other, all live for Christ. I would try to put it more succinctly now is where each is connected to God in a, their own way, and then they're able to communicate that love to their family. Because I can't give something I haven't received. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. I'm just, the rest of John 15, 9 is, by the way, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Mm -hmm. Live here. Don't just get tastes of it, mm -hmm. but abide in it. Mm -hmm. And the more I abide in my love, the more I'm able to love my wife well. Yeah. The more I'm able to love my sons well and to love my grandkids well. But it, we, we can't, everything good and comes from above. Amen. And so it's really, it's the thing that I'm trying to communicate to dads and parents now is take the time, whatever time it takes, address your baggage, mat, bask in his love, marinate in his love, because the more you take in, the more you'll have to give out. Yeah. And your relationship with God is the most important thing you can do to be a good dad and a good husband. And, you know, I think this is so profound. And, and I, I'm hoping that not only is it encouraging our audience that's in this room right now, but um, our listening audience that are just in their cars right now listening, I'm hoping that this sort of, you know, call to come to the Lord, because I think often... <clears throat> excuse me, you have families that they, they want great outcomes for their kids. Like, I, I want Christ to be formed in my kids. I just finished a, a workshop talking about that. But at the same time, this stopping and this, this opportunity for introspection, we often overlook it because we have convinced ourselves maybe, I'm okay. Like, talk to dads, right? Because, I mean, that's you, I, I feel like you basically are, but all of us can lean in. But talk to dads who feel like that it's almost a weakness to be that vulnerable. Oh, my goodness. I hear the music. We only have a minute, Steve. Profound in one minute. Okay. Lots, <laughs> I go to lots of men's workshops almost every time. If I get to hear people's story, they have father wounds. Almost every dad that you talk to them, their father is still impacting their relationship with their heavenly father. Because we see our heavenly father through the eyes of our earthly father. Mm. And we got to rebuild our understanding of God. Rebuild. <clears throat> rebuild. Is that, is that one, one oh, minute? Yeah, no, okay. that's good. That's really good. <laughs> I, there, I'm going to tell you, everything in me wants to unpack this and stay here for just a little bit, but we don't have the time. So we'll because have to I have... was late and I'm sorry. No, 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 okay. that's okay. No, no, no. It's because the music comes on at a certain time all the time. It's disrespectful music. Okay, we gotta gra <laughs> we gotta grab the break. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio, live and direct from HEAB. We'll be right back. I just wanna go. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are live and direct from HEAV. We're in Richmond, Virginia, and we are having a grand old time. Um, joining us now in this, oh, I should say I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, joining us in this segment is Diane Kraft. And we, no, is, 
Pamela, Pamela Gates. Gates. Yes. Oh my goodness! I'm re this is why you shouldn't read and talk. I'm sorry. That's that's the program that you use for education. I'm yeah. sorry. No I know problem. that. No problem. I just, it's because they were looking at me. Yeah, see, no problem. I told them not yeah. to look at you, and then they looked at me, and I couldn't handle it. Okay, so here. I like how Pamela grabbed me. She's like, "No, girl." <laughs> That's not my name. I'm not Diane. I'm Pamela. Okay. I could never aspire to Here, be. Here's the other thing. So we're live streaming. So everybody saw it happen, right? Oh, Which is excellent. really good. Okay. Yeah, so that's great. The pressure's <laughs> <laughs> so the pressure is off you now, okay? okay? Because you cannot do worse than me. Okay. So here we go. Um, Pamela Gates. Yeah. And we are going to talk about special education and learning disabilities. Mm. You are a mom of six children. Yes. And one of your kids, like had a special a learning disability right she okay. was severely had severe auditory processing dyslexia mm. and so, how did you discover that so i knew i saw things early on it was harder for her to hold on to names of colors and shapes she would say her for him longer than most kids that kind mm -hmm. of thing but it wasn't until we got to school age i'd already homeschooled started homeschooling two older sons thought i was about the most amazing teacher in the universe yeah. you know they learned falling off a log so <laughs> and then she came along and knew she was bright but by the age of seven to eight she still couldn't say the alphabet even with the song mm. she could count to ten because we had been working on it every day for four years um, she could write her name because she knew what it looked like as a picture, but she couldn't tell you the names of the letters. So that's when I found Diane Kraft, yeah. the aforementioned. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. she taught us her three-pronged approach to working with um, struggling learners. And um, within a year, sometimes when I speak, I forget to tell the rest of Brianna's story. She's an adult now, and she's like, Mom, they think I still don't know the alphabet. <laughs> but she does indeed know the alphabet. Uh, she, within a year, she was reading above grade level. She uh, went on to high school. We did a homeschool high school with no accommodations. Graduated college, summa cum laude. Oh, wow. And has her master's in education now, so. Wow. Okay, so one Big of the deal. things, that is a huge deal. Wow. And I'm so glad that you set it up the way that you did because I know that there are so many parents who have other issues that they are observing in their kids and it feels hopeless. And right. I think for you to paint a picture in that way, right. that, you know, I think parents listening to that go, wait a minute. Okay, so then yeah. there is hope and yeah. I don't need to be alarmed. Mm. So then let's back up here. Okay. And so you observed that in mm -hmm. your daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have any other background in special education or anything no. like that? So this was like on the job training kind of a thing. Yeah. Like you're, you're yeah. in this and you're learning so, as you go. Yeah. So where um, in age is your daughter? Like where is she in the, in the bunch? In the lineup, she's number three. So I had two sons. Okay. And then she came. Then we have another girl and two more sons after okay. her. So she was... Um, she was a large and in charge personality. She mm. thought she was the oldest, still yeah. does. You know how those oldest daughters are. But yeah, really, okay. really. And so, so, so wanted to read. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. we have one of our kids um, struggles with dyslexia and we mm -hmm. observe that. And one of the, the most difficult things for us to deal with is the strong desire that she has to just do the work. Yeah. She is so driven. She wants yeah. to just do the work. 
but it is so taxing on her. Yes. Like when you look at her paper, so like when she's reading assignments, she has to underline each word so mm-hmm. that she can keep her space so that she mm-hmm. reads in the right order. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes she's so frustrated. Like yeah. I will, you know, she, she will say things like to her siblings, we have six children, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and she's number You're two. crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so she will say things like, especially to the slackers, because yes. we've got some yes. slackers, okay? Yes. And she's like, I can't believe yes. if I... If I could do it the way you, I would, you know. And so anyway, but I want to back up here because when you're dealing with a kid who has special needs, Mm -hmm. you don't want to create a kid who feels like um, they can't, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the kid really can't. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that out in education? You know, I think um, we, we really focus on getting to the root of what's going on and doing the the different therapy and the healing parts to remove those pieces. Our audience really is, or our group that we see are really bright kids who are working harder than they should have to to learn. So they're, most are not struggling as much as my daughter and maybe as your daughter, but those glitches, they're working harder than they should have to. So, um, but the message a value, of course, still comes from the cross, right? They're Amen. still so precious, and they gain so much, honestly, from walking this hard road. We know that. Um, but we want to do what we can to remove those um, glitches, dysfunctions, dyslexia, so that they don't have to work so hard. Can we talk practically here? Mm-hmm. Like, So what does it look like um, for parents who notice that their kids are learning differently you Mm -hmm. know maybe it's not as severe as what you experienced or Mm -hmm. what I noticed right but there's just something that and 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 if we're being honest a lot of this kind of comes from comparison right like we're so we're looking and we're going and even in our family like okay the first two didn't do that and Mm -hmm. then you know so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. what's the course of action that a parent should begin to take if you notice that you've got a struggling learner on your hands so the only program that I really know is ours. Sure. So I'll tell you with that, we look at characteristics to see where is the struggle, what's coming into that left learning side of the brain and not crossing easily into the right automatic mm. hemisphere. So the three-pronged approach that Diane Kraft pulled together is brain integration therapy to get more connections between the two sides of the brain. That takes about 20 minutes a day, five days a week. Um, We work on the nutritional, the brain, the gut is the second brain, so we work to get the gut what it needs so it's doing what it's supposed to do to get Mm. more fat in the brain, which makes us learn more easily. And then while we're doing those healing pieces, we teach in a different way. So we teach with color, story, humor to bypass that process of moving into the automatic hemisphere, getting information right into that long-term visual memory. Wow. So I don't know if that answered your question exactly. It's fascinating. Yes, yeah, it does. Like, I'm so nerdy I, about it that I am I kind of like it, though. I kind of like the nerdy, okay? Like, I was, I was really like, keep talking. Yeah. yeah, keep going. So, so okay, then for our listeners and for those who are in our audience now, what is your website? Because there are going to be people who are going to want to go and, and look you up and, and learn how they can help their kids. So when I travel and speak with Diane Craft, we lead them to her website, www.dianecraft.org. It's D-I-A-N-N-E-C-R-A-F-T.org. I'm listed as one of the certified learning specialists for her. 
So when my daughter grew up, she and I took over kind of the cons consultation portion of the business. There's some other certified learning specialists too. We do our work via Zoom. But the nice thing about Diane Craft's program is that you can do it as a parent on your own at home. You don't have to have a consultation. You don't have to have coaching. It's just for those who want the extra help. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't I think have is to what... be so hard. Doesn't yeah. have to be so expensive. That's yeah. our motto. Yeah, and I think that's like what homeschoolers, Absolutely. like that's our motto too. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't want it hard or expensive. Like yeah. we want, like can, you, yeah. can we do this at yes. home? That's yes. why we're doing this, yeah. right? So I think yeah. that's wonderful. Okay, so Pamela, my, my question is this then. Can you walk us through um, an example of how you start to change the way kids' brains mm. function? And Work I'm together. not nerdy, so I didn't say that as well as you did. <laughs> Go ahead. So to change the function... The doctors Doman and Delicato, who kind of came up with the whole idea of the brain integration, how you can use the body to make changes in the brain, developed a series of exercises. So, for example, for writing, we have a simple but not easy because it's boring and you've got to be consistent mm -hmm. daily exercise called the writing aid exercise, where we push the hand across the midline of the body in a very automatic, boring motion. I mean, I'm just going to tell you like it is so mm -hmm. that you're not surprised. We go three <laughs> times around. Then we use the alphabet, which is a very left brain sequential black and white thing. So even if they know their alphabet, we use that. We've used it with young adults. We superimpose the alphabet on the eight. So they'll do a letter. Then they'll go around three times. They'll do the next letter. They'll go through the full alphabet. That's our most powerful midline exercise. Again, it's so simple. But it's incredibly effective because we're using the body to cross the midline, which makes connections in the brain. It's really hard to move your brain around and make connections, but you can use the body. You know, one of the things that. that I noticed, and I was really excited to see this in the program for this conference, was that there was an entire track for special needs learners. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I have to say, I haven't seen that anywhere before where it was a, a, an entire day. And I learned earlier today that many of those sessions just kind of packed out and they had to yeah. close the doors, that there was not space. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, but yeah. can I just say that that's not surprising to me right? because there has been an explosion of mm -hmm. special needs learners and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on why that is. Why have we seen such an explosion of special needs learners? Have, have we always had these special needs and just maybe they went undiagnosed or... Mm -hmm. Is there something that is happening? I think there's some of that. I have a lot, we have a lot of thoughts about um, the biological base of it with the, the gut being the second brain. I mean, the fact that we went to a low-fat society, especially around the 80s when they replaced good, whole grass-fed butter with margarine yeah, yeah. and thought that was a good idea. Um, that Dr. Leo Gowan, who wrote Super Immunity for Kids, was a doctor who worked in third world country working with starving children. He came back to the U.S., saw kids with the same issues, and yet they were very well-fed children, but he realized that they were starving. Um, their brains were starving because they weren't getting the good nutrition that they need to. So that's another piece of it is getting to the root of what's going on in the gut, the second brain, to throw that off so the gut's not making the neurotransmitters that are needed for the brain to talk to itself, mm -hmm. the two sides to talk to each other. There's not enough fat in the brain because 
um, yeast grows up and eats that fat or depletes that fat. There's not enough magnesium to calm kids down, so there's a lot more kids with um, uh, a lot stressed anxiety and I talk about kids because I only care about kids but obviously it's adults too sure. I think the whole country could use magnesium so um, so I think a lot of it at the root is the the struggle we've done with sugar you know sugar builds up in the system which yeast eats sugar overgrows throws everything off so mm. I mean I don't want to oversimplify what you're saying but it does sound to me that the diet that we subsist on in America plays a huge role, not only in um, how we are fueled for the day, but in the way that our brains and our bodies function. I think we've and known absolutely. that. Yeah. Maybe we've just kind of hoped that it wasn't true. Like, you right. know what I mean? And like, it's and just, so addictive. You yeah. know, I mean, we've become a society that eats dessert all day long, even mm. though we don't think of it as dessert. It's okay to have a little bit of dessert every day, but if you're eating cereal for breakfast, mac and cheese for lunch, French fries for supper, guess what? You're eating sugar all day long, mm. and we're starving our kids. Yeah. So we work to get, go to the root of it, get some therapeutic amounts of help in there for a season, and then at the same time clean up the diet so that they can stay um, in a better place. And thankfully, the, you know, society is following the dollar, so even Costco, you know, you can get more organic, you can get um, many more options now because moms are fed up. Yeah. And moms are going, okay, okay, I'm going to have to take this on myself. You know, one of the reasons I've heard uh, parents give for working closely with their local public school system is that it has, um, I guess, parameters in place or it has programs in place to help them work with their special needs child. Mm -hmm. And so there's this push, even the celebration of what you can get through your local public school because sure. of your kids. Um, do we have to go outside of our home for anything that's offered in the way of aid to our special needs kids? Not in our experience. I mean, um, you know, I certainly don't want to blast the whole educational system because there can be benefits there. But again, in our experience, you can take this on on your own at home. You can be your own therapist. Um, you can do. You can be your own dietitian. You can be, obviously, your child's own teacher in a way that works for them. So that's been our experience is we can keep it. We can, we can do it. We've got the tools to take care of it. How long does it take um, if someone were to implement the Diane Craft learning program? Like if they were to go to your website, grab some tools, and, and kind mm -hmm. of bring this home, mm -hmm. what should they expect? How long does it take to see the effects of this? We, I, I feel comfortable saying to people that you're going to see the effects in three months. But I will say that often when we start cleaning up the gut and start making connections, for example, with Brianna, who struggled so much even just to say the alphabet, after a month of doing the exercises and getting the yeast and fungus under control in her system, I was in the dentist for my appointment, came out, she'd written the alphabet 21 times because like your daughter, very determined, very excited. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we were changing her evidence because no matter how much you tell your child, we know you're smart, we know you're wonderful, look at your gifts, you know. The voice in their head, unfortunately, sometimes is speaking louder than your words. So we want to change that evidence. Just a uh, question about um, the diet. Mm -hmm. What if you have a, a child that has sensory issues and, and only eats 
certain things mm -hmm. and it's so hard to mm -hmm. okay so this is perfect because what we start to do is we heal the gut so that their sensory issues start to calm down because their, their sensory issues are telling them the food textures are bad the taste is bad it's giving incorrect information to the brain so we start with supplements once we get their gut in a better place, they're more open to eating other things. Okay. They hear the music. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like angels. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what Pamela's hearing, she's hearing the music, and then she's also hearing someone say 30. She's <laughs> like, like, stop yes, backing. Lord, no. <laughs> Man, this is so, in 15, it's so insightful. I really, pre mm. we, I feel like we need, again, a longer conversation on this. Again, what's the website, really quickly? www.diannecraft.org. Okay, we'll take a break and We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We're live um, from HEAV. We're having a grand old time <laughs> at the homeschooling conference here. A convention where there's thousands of people, again, not in this room. <laughs> like, where are they, though? Because they should be. No, I'm kidding. But they're here at, at the conference. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And joining us in this segment is Sharon Jeffess, who is an educator and author, mm -hmm. and also developed the program Visual Mana. Mm -hmm. which teaches art as incorporated into all of your subjects and everything and that you're doing. And core subjects, And yeah. core subjects. Uh -huh. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did mm -hmm. that come about? Well, um, it's, been a, it's been a pretty long process. And those of you that have been in the homeschool community for years and years, my husband and I went around and taught homeschoolers, and he made life-size dinosaurs, and he has these amazing works of art. And it's interesting, I'll just pair, I'll just, share this, but I thought, well, that's that's done now. And about three weeks ago, a gentleman who'd brought his picture about 20 years ago, one of his series of pictures, said, I'm going to start a men's Bible study with, with his work. Is that all wow. right with you? And it's amazing. You know, he sends me pictures, and there's the pictures are catalysts for um, the Bible, for understanding visual work. Mm. And we are such a visual generation. Yes. I mean, it's so different. You know, you, t you talk about teaching art today. And we have children that know how to use a cell phone at age five, mm -hmm. visually inundated all the time with images. And, uh, you know, so I think my really focus would be to train up young homeschoolers who God has anointed to be artists, to be able to be excellent so that they can communicate. Because I believe they're going to communicate to their generation. Yeah. You know, if they have the technical ability to do it, it's their ideas. You know, there's things in art you can teach like... Of course, you know, it's a joyful thing with little ones, and they're so creative, you know, and they're so proud of their work, and, you know, there is so many things, but I think the times we're living in right now, you know, when you have teenagers, I think it's the second lead, leading cause of, of death is, you know, ages, I think it's 17 to 24 is suicide. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I, a lot of it, you know, and you think, you want children to have wholesome things to see. Mm -hmm. And who's going to create it mm -hmm. except the Christians? Who's going to do that? That's right. So, and a lot of times when you have a child that's gifted in, in art, you sort of go, well, you know, that might not be the best career. Try nursing. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. understand that, you know, because it is something that, 
but you know, I think it is like the zeal in the temple. It's like an anointing. If yeah. you're anointed yeah. to be an artist, then you're going to do powerful things for the Lord. That's right. In the visual media, and you know, drawing and painting is art. You look at sculptures, art. You walk around architecture. You walk through fashion. You know, um, set design. All of these things. And, it's amazing. You what? know, can I just say this? Because you just touched on something here that kind of set my wheels spinning. I think one of the mistakes that we make in the body of Christ is that we take the things that the Lord has entrusted to us and we turn it over to the world. And we mm -hmm. turn it over to the world and then we condemn that thing mm -hmm. and say, that's yeah. the world's thing. Right. Yeah. Like if you think about it, so you just most recently here, you're, you're talking about fashion and design. Well, who designed the first clothes? <laughs> right? Like who was right. the first exactly. fashion designer? And so then we say, well, I don't want my kids to go into fashion because that industry is corrupt. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but it's not going to police itself. Hmm. It's, it's not going to light itself up. Someone who fears the Lord mm -hmm. and someone who reveres his holiness is going to have to go into that world with truth, right? That mm -hmm. we live for the glory of God. So we should dress for the glory of and God. Mod modesty. And modesty. Yeah, yeah that God exactly. has biblical parameters laid out mm -hmm. for how we are to wear clothes. So I want you to speak to that. Even in the homeschooling community, I think sometimes the arts can be dismissed as like, mm, that's yeah. not a productive use of time. Why is that yeah. problematic? It, yeah, it, it is because um, when you think of when you're not doing the, um, the core subjects, you know, uh, you're probably doing something in art. You're either watching a video or you're playing a game or something like that created mm -hmm. by a visual artist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you have kids that can create Christian things like that that are caliber, that are the quality, and they certainly can because, you know, God's given them the ideas to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it's it's very true. You know, the more that we, I think we can get the good, wholesome visual arts into the church. And I think that Kirk Cameron's really trying to do yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to, with the children's things, because I have a little granddaughter and she's four, and I just lament because if you're watching Disney and the things are so popular and the, the Holy Spirit, you know, needs to be, you know, you come to me with a shield. It's so exciting and adventuresome if you do it from a biblical perspective. Absolutely. And young people are the ones that can do it. Old fogies like me, we might be able to <laughs> teach mean, them a few right. things. Yeah, but I mean, they've got the ideas and they need to be able to be equipped with the skills, you know, have the adults come alongside them that can help them communicate the gospel to their generation. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's so good. good. Like, I, I love the intentionality of yeah. that, like, and in, in what we do to shape our children yeah. and to train them. I didn't want to, I can't see. No, I'm just, I'm just listening now. and thinking it's multi-generational. It, it spans, like, there's the older who are able to give something to the younger to be able to be effective in sharing the gospel. And I think that's yeah. how, we sometimes we lose that linkage yeah. between the, the older and the younger, and there's a gap there. But if we can <laughs> go ahead and fill that up and, and pass that information down, man, it'll be powerful. So what does it look like to integrate art, um, the arts, into the core subjects? Like, how, how do we do that? Well, one thing, it's, uh, I was just thinking of singing in the rain. I talked about that today. You know, and you have the film history, and you have, you know, the, the great art directors, and, you know, people think, a lot of times in homeschool, you just teach art projects, and mm -hmm. you don't have the elements and principles of art, because it's very, it is a very, it's important subject, it's important for them to know, but in science, you know, Robert Fulton, he was an artist, the Leonardo da Vinci of America, Rufus Porter founded Scientific American Magazine, he was an artist, so many times, because art 
allows for creativity. And you know, when you, um, when you, it's like almost like a science experiment. But when you give children creativity and you say, now here, here's an idea, here's the way to do it. Yeah. But now I want you to think of something original. And I always like to think about copyright. That's really fun mm -hmm. because I remember the there was a a 14 year old that there was a back long ago, you know, it was the cross and there was a post-it note gone to see my dad. And it became a real popular t-shirt by a 14 year old. Wow. And of course, when they come up with something, when you go to Hobby Lobby, somebody thought of all that, That's you know? Right. And so in math, you know, when you break a candy bar, you're doing fractions. When you at, at take a cake and estimate it three, there's so many, and you know, uh, the golden mean, the classic proportions of the face. And um, in literature, so much art and literature. When you illustrate a book, you bring a character to life. Yeah. And when you do, you know, you interview somebody and then do a character sketch, you know. But art, for your visual and your kinesthetic learners, is makes life fun and makes you, learning enjoyable. And you really want to have the fun. I was saying, I've known moms that never thought they could do art and started doing art with their kids and then went on and became an artist after their wow. kids graduated, oh, wow. started having art shows, you know, but they never yeah. thought they would. So I know sometimes it's hard. And if you have a very gifted and talented artist, and there's a whole thing of the creatively gifted, and to be an artist, you really have to be you're not following, you're not usually a follower because people come to you and say, can you think of a new idea here? Yeah. I've got, yeah. I'm going to pay you to do this. So, you know, the idea of everything, they're very original and sometimes they march to a different drummer and that's just, that's what they do and that's how they make their living. They have to come up with original ideas. And, you know, when you go to a public school, it all, and I, I actually taught in public school one time, but you actually... You know, you see little 24 projects, they're all the same. They're given the same paper, same things. They're all going to look the same mm -hmm. instead of just choices. Okay, this is a fun idea. And look at this idea. And I'll tell this story because I love this because this is how sharp kids are when they're creative. I was doing like, we were talking about seascapes and we were made a little captain, you know, and uh, out of a paper towel roll, of course. And so this one little boy, and this was in first grade, he came up to me and he said, look what I did. He actually made the sea captain into a seascape, a telescope. And you could look at this, you know, and I thought, that is such a great idea. Yeah. I would never have thought of that, you know, yeah. and I use that idea because that and it, because children, their creativity isn't squelched mm -hmm. and they're delighted. Oh. You know, now when they get to a certain age, they want to know how do I get it to look like that, mm -hmm. like an age eight or nine. Then you want to start introducing step by step. <laughs> this is how you do it. And then for the older ones, it's good to get a mentor. And of course, you have to someone you really trust. You want, yeah. and that's that's hard hard to find. But you know, you want to get somebody that if you can't bring them, give them the abilities that they need to do that, then then you need to find somebody or a group, yeah. a Christian organization, you know, that would have somebody that could come alongside them. You know, mm -hmm. this is uh, I just get admittedly, this is very convicting for me, and, <laughs> and I'm I'm going to tell you why because I'm. I've got, I've got a kid who may or may not be in this room, okay, um, who is <laughs> so artsy. And it, is, yeah. it has been a bit of a struggle because, I mean, she is so creative, right? We're doing math, we're sitting down, and she's nodding while I'm talking, right? Like, <laughs> but I can tell that she's not with me anymore. Like, you know, it's like she's oh, got absolutely. a pencil in hand, and she's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and I'm and I'm and I go. What did I just say? Like, what are you? You're not there, you know. 
and she's making up stories and plot lines in her head. She reads the, I'm just gonna tell it because it's okay, okay, right? She's thumbs up, okay. So she reads the Bible and she creates in her mind what the background is that there's, it's not there, That's but these families cool. and all of these things. And so in my mind, though, I'm just, just like. It makes me want to cry. Oh, it's does so it? Cool. Okay, yeah, okay, it's so wonderful. awesome. That's a gift. <laughs> okay, see, I it's need really to hear cool. this because there's, the, there's yeah. the mom. Okay, this is really encouraging for me, right? <laughs> because I go in and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, come on, we got to move on. But the Lord yeah. has designed her in this way. And what I'm getting from this conversation is that as parents, we need to be keen about the way the Lord has designed our children. Absolutely. And we need to nurture that for his glory. Absolutely. And the Lord's done it for the church, like mm. a great musician, you know, and gets up in front and, and exhorts the body of Christ. And it's the same thing visually. I mean, children and people can be exhorted by a visual image and they're just impacted for Christ. And, you know, people don't read and write so much. This is something that my husband always used to say in the Renaissance, people didn't read. So there were beautiful biblical works of art created. We live in a society where people don't read books that much anymore. Everything right. is video. Everything is a visual image. And you really want to pack them with the word of the Lord. So if these young people are coming up with ideas to do that and they're doing it for their generation then they need to be equipped to do it absolutely you know? so how do how do mm -hmm. we begin to how, how do we do that like how do we observe what is a gift that the lord has given our children in the area of the arts and and whatever that is how do we begin to nurture that practically what does that look like well, I think if you like with your daughter, it's obvious because if some if you have a, if you have a you know an, I, my parents they were they were not artistic at all. My mother was a cleaner. She was absolutely the most amazing. She could clean and cook. And <laughs> my dad wrote me letters in outline form. <laughs> he was an executive, <laughs> real strict. And I wanted to tie dye everything and create everything in the planet, you know. So it was really difficult for them. But I think if wow. you provide them with teaching. And, uh, you know, um, with people, they, they, you know, find out what their ideas are in, within the framework of the basic elements and principles of art, their rule of thirds, the power of light and putting all that kind of stuff. But you want to give them the abilities. And then a step further is Adobe Illustrator. You want to have the technology that they can because their generation is about technology. We are not, we weren't like that, mm -hmm. I, you know, but this, this particular generation that I think is the generation that's gonna do it for the Lord, I think God, these guys are gonna win the world for Christ, these young people, you know, mm -hmm. so they need to have that ability to be able to do that. Yeah, to, to, it's like reaching this generation and being able to speak their language. I mean, exactly. you know what I mean? And I, I, exactly. I really hesitate to, um, to confess this, but since I've already confessed so much, you know, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with our oldest and this was a few years ago and sitting at the table. And I, I just said it was during one subject, I don't know. And, and just kind of, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do, what do you feel like you want to do? And, and she said, a social media, media influencer. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> oh, is that your response? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I just yeah. think. Okay, you is know. that how you feel about that? Okay, because at the time, like at the time, now the I've right grown, influence. right? As, right <laughs> amen. But it took me a minute to get there. Okay. So when when she said that, I thought I'm a failure 
as a mother, how in the world? Like I just, you know, and I and 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 you have to keep the the mom face on, right? Which is the encouraging face when inside you're saying no, no. And so I was like, oh, okay, okay, great. An influencer, like you know, send in the medic. Um, but can I tell you what I've seen the Lord do? I've seen the Lord develop this eye that she has for media yeah. and telling stories and shaping those stories for the glory of God. That and and I think the bottom line is. I can trust the Lord with what he wants to do in her life. Yeah. And I think for us as parents, we do, we have these, you know, these things that not only do we aspire to be, but we want our kids to aspire to be. Yeah. And I think the best aspiration or the highest aspiration is that they would be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he would work through them for his glory. Right. We're coming to the end of the show. Could you let our listeners know your website, how they can learn more about your ministry? Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, visualmana.com, but I'm redoing the website and I have a Facebook. Um, we have a we have a booth down there, but um, I have a program that's an online Google Classroom mm-hmm. that's for high school and kids that are, and then I have a mentoring program as well. And if it is, I try to, if if anybody's interested, I try to connect okay. them with somebody. We're, we're out of time until Monday, <laughs> yeah. Lord willing. God bless. God bless. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith, Family, Freedom, American Family Radio.